kids podcast. <laughs> you can go slow. A kids podcast about. Hey, listeners, thanks for finding this episode. We believe in the power of conversations and knowing that kids like you are ready to talk about the big things going on in their world. If you like this episode, please consider liking or reviewing the show through whatever app you're using to listen right now. That helps others discover this podcast, and that helps make sure this show is reaching the ears that need to hear it most. Thanks. Welcome to Camp Adventure, the camp in your bedroom or living room, the camp that's in the bus or in the car. Camp Adventure is for everyone, no matter who you are. This week's theme is an encounter with aliens. My name is Counselor Lewis, and I'm so excited to be here at camp with you. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, it's evening time here at camp, and we always get a campfire going. And my favorite thing about campfires are campfire stories. And you know whose stories are the best? Well, Camp Counselor Ben. So Camp Counselor Ben, take it away. All right, welcome back, campers. I hope that you're doing well. It's time for our evening check-in because it's time to gather around the crackling campfire to get nice and cozy and settled in. This is the kind of story time adventure where you got to you got to just sort of settle in and listen to the story. That is an adventure in and of itself, isn't it? It's challenging sometimes. You find out interesting things, discover stuff. <laughs> it's great. All right. Well, we're talking about aliens today. How about that? Aliens from outer space. Ever think about aliens, where they might come from or what they might look like? You've probably heard stories or seen movies or shows about aliens. Well, we're going to read from the book that we did already, our other story. The book is titled Strange But True, and it's written by Catherine Hulick and illustrated some really cool pictures in it, illustrated by Gordy Wright. We're going to start that, and I am interested, I'm wondering what you are thinking about aliens here before we even begin. I wonder if you've had any experiences with aliens. If you have, please write to the show and let us know. <laughs> we would love to know about that at Camp Adventure. But we're going to read this story, and I think there's some challenging and really interesting parts of it. Maybe some surprises along the way. All right, sound good? Here we go. An Encounter with Aliens by Catherine Hulick. car drives along an empty stretch of highway late one night in the mountains of New Hampshire, USA. Out of nowhere, a bright light appears. Could it be a falling star? It's September 19, 1961, and Betty and Barney Hill are on their way home from vacation in Montreal, Canada. Strangely, the bright light seems to follow them. Then the car starts to vibrate and then the hills hear a strange buzzing and beeping sound. And then a feeling of drowsiness washes over them. They're tired. Suddenly, they find themselves 35 miles away, further south. 
They have vague memories of taking a sudden turn and encountering a roadblock, but several hours have passed that they cannot explain. They arrive home around dawn. When they get there, they discover that Barney's binocular strap is broken and his shoes are scuffed up. Betty later notices that her dress is torn and stained. Ten days later, Betty starts having vivid dreams about going through an alien abduction. Abduction means they took her away and brought her back, or at least that's what she's thinking. Let's keep reading. A few years later, under hypnosis, the hills recall a horrifying ordeal. In this memory, the light drops rapidly and a large disc-shaped ship hovers overhead. Barney gets out and peers through his binoculars at an astonishing sight. Almost a dozen figures in black uniforms stare out from inside the spacecraft. The figures, who look like humans, take Barney and Betty inside. They bring them to different rooms and put each of them through a series of medical tests and procedures. Betty cries out when her examiner pierces her belly button with a sharp needle. But then she talks to her captors. They show her a book full of strange symbols and a map of stars. After one of the hypnosis sessions, Betty draws the star map that her captors showed her. The map seems to represent the Zeta Reticuli system, a pair of dim stars located around 230 trillion miles from the Earth. Could the hills have been victims of an alien abduction? Ooh, I know the answer to this, and the answer is absolutely. What else could it have been? Strange, human-like figures? Poked and prodded in some kind of weird experiment? Strange symbols and star maps? I mean, I've seen enough sci-fi movies to know an alien abduction when I hear one. And this happened over 60 years ago. So, yeah, did they even have alien movies then? Maybe this is where all of those alien movies take inspiration from, right? It's gotta be real. Gotta be. Right? Oh, sorry, Ben. Sorry for interrupting. We can all listen and find out. The Hills experience became famous, but it was not the first or the last in alien encounter to capture the public's imagination. Many people have seen lights or flying objects that they cannot explain. In June 1947, pilot Kenneth Arnold was flying near Mount Rainier in Washington State when he saw nine objects flying in formation along the ridgeline of the mountains. He described them as looking like saucers skipping across the water. The name Flying Saucer stuck, and the news of this sighting spread around the world. A few weeks later, a rancher named Mac Brazel brought some unusual debris to the sheriff of Roswell, New Mexico. Tinfoil, rubber, and pieces of a strangely lightweight yet strong reflective material. Brazel had found the stuff scattered around his property and wondered if it could be the wreckage of a flying saucer. 
The nearby Roswell Army Air Force Base had no idea what to make of the debris either. They told the media that they had recovered a flying disc. Shortly afterwards, higher-up government officials claimed it was just a crashed weather balloon, but those who had seen weather balloons before didn't believe it. Was this a government conspiracy? To hide a real alien landing? Soon after these two incidents, sightings of flying saucers began flooding in from all over the United States. In 1952, the Air Force launched Project Blue Book to investigate what they dubbed UFOs, short for Unidentified Flying Objects. Though this investigation ended, sightings have continued. Today, the Mutual UFO Network, M-U-F-O-N, logs over 500 reports every month of sightings from around the world. Could all of these people, including the Hills, be wrong? Well, hello again. It is I, Counselor Lewis. So what do you think? Are aliens real? Or do you think they're not? Well, while you think about it, let's take a quick break. Just move around, wiggle a little, think about it. And when we come back, we'll hear the rest of the story. Be right back. Hey, grown-ups! With over a hundred different titles in our A Kid's Book About series, it may be hard to figure out where to start. Allow me to make a suggestion. There is perhaps no greater feeling, nothing more life-giving or secure, than to know you belong. No matter where you are, what you're experiencing, or who you're around, without that feeling of belonging, it's hard to concentrate on anything else. We can help our kids know what it feels like to belong and what it takes to help others feel like they belong around us. When you do belong, you it's very, very evident, right? Because I like to say your heart smiles and your brain is tickled. That's Kevin Carroll, author of A Kid's Book About Belonging. Check out our Kevin Talks About Belonging episode of A Kid's Book About, the podcast. Listen together with the kiddos in your life. And when you're ready, visit akidsco.com for more great books and podcasts made to empower kids. And we're back. Hello there. So I saved you a spot by the campfire. So just come on over, get comfortable so we can hear the rest of the story from Counselor Ben. Ben, it's back to you. In many cases, people really do see strange lights or shapes in the sky. But that does not mean extraterrestrials have visited the Earth. There are other, more rational explanations. For example... The crashed craft at Roswell was actually a top-secret U.S. government attempt to spy on the Soviet Union during the Cold War. It was a balloon carrying a sensing device complete with microphones and a disc-shaped antenna. Most of the officials who looked at the debris knew nothing about that new technology, so they wrongly assumed that it was not human. 
Human technology and natural events get mistaken for UFOs all the time. Common false alarms include stars, planets, unusual clouds, mirages, flares, balloons, rocket launches, drones, and more. How do people mistake these things for an alien spacecraft? Well, it's important to understand that what you see is not always actually what's out there in the world. It's a recreation in your brain of what you think you're seeing, explains James McCaha, a retired U.S. Air Force major and astronomer. The brain is a machine that works to keep you safe. When early humans had to watch out for dangerous animals, it was safer to believe that a rustling sound or a shadow was a beast than to assume it was just the wind or a trick of the light. The brain seeks edges, shapes, patterns, and connections. It often finds things that could be considered a threat, like an alien aircraft, even when they aren't really there. For example, the objects that Arnold saw were probably a mirage, says Magaha. Mirages are illusions that happen when light bends as it passes through layers of cold and warm air. Aww! Is it wrong to want aliens to exist? Like, it's okay if sometimes it's a weather balloon or a trick of the eye or some other explanation, but it's a great big universe. So big. And so much of it is unexplored. There's got to be life out there, right? I mean, I don't know if anything out there asks the same questions we do here on this rock that we're all on hurtling through space, but if they're at all curious... Of course they'd want to know if life exists elsewhere, right? And then, of course, they'd go looking, right? I mean, if I had the advanced technology, I know I certainly would. Ben, tell me there's hope here. Tell me there's still a chance of life beyond Earth. I mean, did Betty and Barney Hill make it all up? Or did they really see something? So what really happened to the hills that night? Something certainly made their journey take a lot longer than expected. It was late at night, and they had been driving for a very long time. They remembered feeling drowsy, which is a common sign of a state of reduced awareness called highway hypnosis. Perhaps they drifted off the road or they took a wrong turn and got out of the car while trying to figure out what happened. This could explain the reported damage to their shoes, to the binocular strap, and to her dress. A disturbing event like this, coupled with Betty's interest in UFOs, may have inspired her to dream about an alien abduction. She shared her dreams with her husband, and later these were recalled and new details added under hypnosis, which made the dreams feel like real memories. We'll never know for sure, but perhaps this is the most likely explanation. The truth is that there are many UFO and alien encounter stories which are not easily explained away. Believers like to offer unexplained sightings as evidence that something otherworldly must be happening, but unexplained does not mean unexplainable. A lack of information may make it impossible to identify the real cause of a strange light. Casual observers often don't note 
the time, the date, location, distance, speed, duration, or the other facts which could solve the mystery. And, in very rare cases, a strange light remains mysterious even after some serious analysis. In the remote valley of Hestelen in Norway, balls of lights have been appearing, hovering, and flashing regularly since the 1980s. Some UFO enthusiasts have claimed the valley is a portal into other worlds, and some skeptics say it's all a hoax. Meanwhile, a small group of scientists has been methodically measuring the lights and collecting data since 1983. One of their theories suggests that the valley may act as a giant natural battery. The rocks on one side of the river contain copper, and those on the other side contain iron and zinc. And sulfur from an abandoned mine flows through a river at the bottom of the valley. This unique arrangement may produce an electrical field, but the field on its own wouldn't make visible light. It needs some other energy source. This may come from the sun. When its activity increases, it pelts the earth, the sun does, with bursts of radiation. Sometimes scientists suspect that this may spark lights in that valley. The source of the Hestelin lights remains a mystery, but extraterrestrial visitors are very unlikely to be the explanation. The truth is that the natural world is an amazing place that we still do not fully understand. Someday, people may encounter alien life. It's not impossible. We are beginning our own exploration of space, so it's entirely reasonable that there would be others who have done so, says James Oberg, a retired NASA engineer. Since life evolved on Earth, the same process could certainly take place elsewhere in the universe. It is a huge place. There are billions and billions of galaxies, each one with about 200 billion stars, just like our sun, says Eddie Itzeri, a solar system ambassador for NASA. Planets circle some of those stars, and some of those planets may have the right conditions for life. However... To arrive at Earth, an alien species would need to develop enough intelligence to build technology more advanced than our own. Plus, they would need to explore far beyond their home planet to discover the Earth. So most astrophysicists are not expecting to encounter intelligent life anytime soon. Rather, they focus on looking for planets that have the conditions to support any kind of life. One of the most important ingredients for life as we know it is liquid water. In our own solar system, liquid water lurks beneath ice caps on moons of Jupiter and Saturn as well as on Mars. If life does thrive in these hidden waters, it is most likely microscopic. Bacteria and other microbes can survive in extreme conditions on Earth. So it is reasonable to expect that they are much more common in the universe than more complex life forms like us, human beings. Perhaps one day, we will be the aliens who visit another planet and abduct its microbial life. The end. Hey! 
It's Counselor Lewis, and I am back. And as a lover of science, I will say it has been absolutely amazing hearing about our solar system, other planets, and possibly life being on Earth or off of Earth. So this week's theme has been really cool. And next week's theme is teamwork makes the dream work. And I'm so excited about that because I really do believe that's true. So as always, I want to let you know it has been super duper fantastic spending time with you. And I want to kick it over to Camp Counselor Matthew so he can say a few words before we go. Thank you, Lewis. And thank you, Ben, for sharing that story with us. As the campfire is dying down, I've just got a few reminders and bits of information to share. A reminder to all campers to share your camp adventures on social media using hashtag AKCA Summer or write to us at listen at a kidsco.com. We love, love, love hearing from you. Camp Adventure is written by Ben Turteen with help from the A Kids podcast about team. Permission to use excerpts from Strange But True, written by Catherine Hulick and illustrated by Gordy Wright, was granted by the publisher Francis Lincoln Children's Books, an imprint of the Quarto Group. The show is edited and produced by me, Matthew Winner. Audio production is by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. Our executive producer is Jelani Memory. And this show was brought to you by a kid's podcast about... Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found and check out other podcasts made for kids just like you by visiting akidsco.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Ben's book, A Kid's Book About Adventure. See you back at camp next week for another adventure. Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm the head of audio at A Kids Co. And I also host A Kids Book About the Podcast and Worth Noting. I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our shows in your classroom or in your bedroom, over breakfast or over dinner, on your drive or on your downtime. No matter what you do between this listen and the next time you tune in, thanks. You're awesome. And it's because of kids like you that we get to make cool stuff like this. See ya.